Doing good? Who's glad they came to church this morning? Come on, somebody. Well, hey, we're so glad to have each and every one of you guys here today. As Erica said, my name's Eric and Erica. We're the lead pastors here at Alive, and uh, we're so glad to have you guys with us this morning. We're in week two of a series we are calling Oh My Soul, all right? And we're taking this journey together on pursuit of soul health. And uh, as Erica mentioned last week in week one, as she kicked it off, we just really have a great excitement and expectation and, and anticipation that God's going to bring some new rivers of health and wholeness and healing in our lives. And sometimes it comes in different packages. A lot of times when we talk about Jehovah Rapha, we're just thinking about physical sicknesses. And God heals those, amen? But, but as we're going to talk about, as we're going to refresh ourselves, there's more to us than just our bodies. And God wants to reach down and into each part of who we are and make sure that we're healthy, we're whole, and healed. And so we're really excited to take this journey in this Oh My Soul series. And we're also tandeming this, if, you, if you're new or maybe you're checking us out, uh, every third Sunday night of the month we do something called Leadership Lean-In. And tonight's the third Sunday of September. And for the next couple months, or ne- until spring, uh, we're going through a book on these third Sunday nights uh, of the month called The Emotionally Healthy Leader. And so if you want to up the ante and dive deeper into soul health, we encourage you to come on out tonight. We'll be doing our session from 6 to 7 up here tonight. We, if you want to come early, 5.30 to 6, we have dinner in the gym. Um, I think the lion should secure the win, and then you can come to do that, right? Praise God. If you guys are worried about that, uh, you can still do both. It's a both and today, football and more of Jesus. Amen. Sorry, I had, to, I had to say that for some of the dudes in the house, all right? Um, but if you missed last Sunday, Pastor Erica kicked us off, oh my gosh, so good. If you did not, if you weren't here, if you didn't tune in online, I really, really highly encourage you to take a look at her teaching on spirit, soul, and body. It's the foundation that we build all of the other teachings in the series off of. But real quickly, just to make sure we're all up to speed on what the heck that's all about, I want to recap a couple quick things, and we're going to dive in this morning. The scripture we looked at last week was in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Verse 23, and in that passage of scripture, it says, Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely. He wants it all. And what does he go on? He says, May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So a couple good news pieces in there. Number one, God wants to sanctify you, to set apart, to make you holy in all of your being. And then he goes on to explain, who are we? What are we? And he says, you're a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body, right? We are a three-part being, right? We said it this way. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body, right? Our body, as we talked about last week, is our earth suit. It's our vehicle that we live here on earth. Our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions, our feeling, our intellect, right? There's a lot to that, and we're going to talk about that today more specifically. And our spirit... Our spirit's actually the real us. Behind our eyeballs, that's us. It's our spirit. It's, it's the center of our being. It's the place that we connect with God. It's how we connect with God, right? God is spirit, and we are created in his image, right? So the spirit person is the person that comes alive when we put our faith and trust in Jesus. The spirit is what's reborn when we say, Jesus, be my Lord, right? Our, our soul and our body don't really change right away. We have to do our part to keep those under and to renew those, right, as we talked about last week. And so uh, this is just good news. We're going we're gonna to zoom in on specifically the soul part of our being. Because here's the deal. Honestly, I think this is an area that is the most underrated in the kingdom and, and, and actually uh, really trips most believers up, if we're honest. 
You know, we work a lot on our spirits. If you're a churchgoer or you're a Christian, you work a lot on your spirit. You have personal devo time with the Lord. You pray. You come to church on Sundays. You, you do all the extra stuff. You're building your spirit up, right? Some of us work on our bodies really well, right? Kind of depends on the season. January 1st, we really get hyped up about our bodies, right? Going on a diet, 21 days of prayer and fasting, hitting the gym, right? And then it kind of wanes off, but right? Our nutrition and our sleep and all of that. Our earth suit, we work on that, Right? But our souls, if we're honest, our souls don't often get much attention, right? It's usually the last part of what I'm thinking about of making sure that it's healthy. And the statistics that we're dealing with in our world today are alarming. One in five U.S. adults suffer from a mental illness. Over one in ten youth in the U.S. are experiencing depression so severely that it's impairing their ability to function at school, at work, at home, with family, or in their social life. Not to mention the anxiety and depression and rise of suicidal thoughts amongst everybody in our culture, right? Our soul health or our emotional health is one-third of our being. And if we pretend like it doesn't exist or we ignore it, one-third of us could be perishing, could be weakened, could be totally being attacked by the enemy while we're in church every single Sunday and we're reading God's word every single day, yet God's like, I want you to be whole and blameless in every part of your being, spirit, soul, and body. Amen? That's why we're talking about this, right? I think the trap of many Christians that have fallen into is is we fail to realize, as, as Peter Scazzaro, the author of the Emotionally Healthy Leader book, talks about, we fail to realize that we cannot be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. We cannot be spiritually mature believers if we remain emotionally immature, right? What does that mean? That means we can be born again. We can put our faith in Christ and be saved, right? We can love God. We can serve him. We can know his word, yet we can still be an emotional infant in our souls, right? Like, like we, can, we can give scripture and verse on anything that comes our way, right? We can pray in the tongues of men and in the tongues of angels, right? We can, we can prophesy and use the gifts of the Spirit and do all those things, but emotionally, we can be unstable like a toddler, not knowing how to control our emotions, throwing tantrums when anything doesn't go our way, pooping all over ourselves and expecting somebody else to clean it up. That's emotional immaturity right there, right? All the parents that changed the diaper said amen, right? See, God desires for us to be emotionally healthy, to grow up and, and leave emotional intimacy or infancy, and to move on to emotional childhood and emotional adolescence, and eventually arrive, the final destination is emotional adulthood. He wants us to grow up in our souls, right? He desires for our souls to be healthy and prosper. And we, we learned this from God's word. We looked at it last weekend. Third John chapter one, verse two says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, and be in health, just as your what prospers? Your soul. Someone say soul. Just as your soul prospers. So if we want to prosper in all areas of life, we've got to focus in and lean into our soul health, our emotional health. And the degree we can prosper in all the other areas of life is directly related to the health of our souls. You guys follow me so far? So for some of you, you're in the room, you're like, I don't care about being spiritually mature. 
I, I don't really, that's not a value of me. I, I actually got dragged to church this morning. Like, why? I don't need to listen to this now, right? I'm good. I'm checking out. I'm, I'm making my fantasy picks right now. And uh, you'll be done here in about 20 minutes and we'll move on with our day. Why would it be important for us to lean in to any of this stuff if I don't really want to be spiritually mature? I don't really care about that. It's because regardless whether you want to be spiritually mature or immature, wherever you want to be, your soul health affects everything. Everything. Your relationships rely on it, right? If you're married, the success and health of your marriage is dependent on your soul health. Your relationships with your kids and other people in your life are dependent on your emotional health. If you're a parent in the room, the degree that you parent is affected by your soul health. Otherwise, what happens is we can pass down wounds and broken, messed up scripts from the enemy to each generation, to our kids, if we don't deal with our own soul health and get healthy. It affects our purpose and our self-worth, right? Your own self-worth, your, your own self-esteem is affected by your soul health, right? Or how others view you, you fulfilling God's call and God's plan on your life is directly connected to your soul health, your emotional health. And here's the deal. If you're honest, I don't think I've ever met anybody who's like, yeah, I'm 100% emotionally healthy. Hi, my name is Bob, and I'm emotionally healthy. 100%, right? Like, no. Like, yeah, I don't need soul health. I'm all good. No, don't need to talk about this. Next series, let's get on to the next stuff, right? No, I've never met that. There's, no, there's always more room to grow in this area if we're honest. And so I don't know about you guys, but I see the importance of this in God's word, and I, I sense the urgency in the moment of time that we're in, in the church, to make sure we're healthy spirit, soul, and body, ready for what God has and the assignment he has ahead of us. Amen? Anybody want to be healthy in their souls this morning? Come on, somebody. Amen. I know I do. And remember, our soul is our mind, it's our will, and it's our emotions or our feelings. And so there's a lot to the soul. We could spend a whole couple-week series just on the soul itself, but for today, we're going to focus in on one part of the soul. And today, we're going to be talking about feelings and emotions, all right? Feelings and emotions. If you want a title for today's message, it's this, feel your feelings. Feel your feelings. Turn to somebody sitting next to you and say, feel your feelings. And that might make no sense at all, but hopefully by the end of our time together this morning, you'll have some revelation of what that is all about. And since we have a guy on stage today trying to attempt to speak about feelings and emotions, we best better pray and ask the almighty God in heaven to help us if we're going to get anything beneficial today. Amen? Can I, amen? Would you guys join me as we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive from the Lord and his word this morning? Father, we love you so much. And we just thank you that you love us and you care about us so deeply. Every part of our being, not just our spirit health, but our soul health and our body health, Lord God. We want to lean in to this new wave of what we believe you're doing in and through the body of Christ, Lord, making us healthy Christians, healthy believers in every arena of our life, Father God. Holy Spirit, we invite you in right now. Go to the deep places of our soul. Search us, know us, find us, help us find ourselves this morning. Father, help us understand what we are supposed to do with the feelings and emotions we encounter on a day-to-day -day basis. Lord God, I pray that as we lean into your word and your truth, you would lead us and guide us and bless us today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody greet said, amen. So in light of talking about feelings today, I thought it'd be good to just get a little warmed up because it's kind of like a deep topic, all right? So I got a couple memes for you if you like memes. The first one is this Willy Wonka. Uh, let's talk about your feelings. Do we have the memes? No memes. 
You guys aren't seeing any memes back there? Epic fail. Awesome. <laughs> Epic fail. Can I just be done now? Can I close in prayer? We, I need the memes. All right, we're going to get those by second service. All right, here's, here's a funny one. Men have feelings. We feel hungry. Right, guys? Amen? Anybody hungry right now? Right? And, and, and here's the other thing that I think a lot of us fall into. You can't get your feelings hurt if you don't have feelings. Right? I think a lot of times we try to keep away from our feelings, and, and, and a lot of these truths hit home. And um, let's just talk about feelings for a second, all right? Feelings are God-given, right? They're, they're a part of being human. If you are a human being and you're sucking in air, that means you're alive, you're going to have feelings. You're going to have emotions. It's, it's God-given, right? God made us to have feelings. God's a creative, expressive being, Right? And, and, and we're created in his image. Therefore, a lot of times we, we can get afraid of feelings. Like, yeah, we don't want feelings and emotions to lead our life. We know that. And we're going to talk more about that. But feelings are a part of life. And a lot of times I think a lot of us just like to put that in a box over here and, and ignore it. But God's like, hey, to be all who I created you to be, you must feel. Feelings add color to life. They add emotion. They add highs and lows, great joys and great sorrows. They add the depth and the vibrancy of humanity and life that we get to live here on earth. The other thing we need to understand is feeling, uh, we aren't our feelings though. We are more than a soul, right? We are a spirit, we have a soul, we have feelings and emotions, and we also live in a body. So our feelings don't have to define us. And feelings are like tools. I, I read a book recently, it's called The Voice of the Heart. If you want to dive more into feelings or you need some help in feelings, write this down. The Voice of the Heart by Chip Dodd. Sorry, Chip Dodd, D-O-D-D. The voice of the heart. He gets into the eight core feelings or emotions that we have been given by God and how to deal with those and how to locate which ones you're feeling in different season. But he said this, that uh, to, to love fully in a tragic place and to, to experience wonder and tragedy all in the same midst, we have to have feelings. Because if we don't have feelings, we're just a ball of matter that just walks around and tries to survive, right? But that, there's no fun in that. Feelings and emotions are essential. And if I can be transparent with you, because you're like, dude, there's a guy up here talking about feelings. I, I'm, not, I'm not the best at this. I am no expert in feelings. Now, I've watched the Pixar movie Inside Out probably about 25 times with my kids. But that does not make me a master in feelings, all right? And not everything in that movie is accurate on how things work, but pretty cool. Let me be honest with you for a second. For 19 years, for the last 19 years of my life, I've been a believer in Jesus. I'm at the point right now where half of my life up until that point, I didn't know Jesus, and half of it, I've known Jesus. I can't wait for my next birthday because I'm going to bust more into I've been with Christ than I haven't been with Christ. This next birthday is big for me. And if you do your math, you know how old I am now. So praise God. You're like, oh, carry the one. All right. Um, for the last 19 years of my life, I've been a Christian, but for the last 17 of those 19 years, I love Jesus with everything I got. I grew in my faith, right? I walked out God's plan for my life, but I did not know what to do with my feelings and my emotions. I never gave any thought to my feelings. They, I never understood what they were trying to tell me or to teach me. I 
push them down. And mo- what a lot of Christians do, I spiritually muscled through my feelings, ignoring my feelings, reading the Bible more, praying and putting a bunch of faith confessions over my feelings, but never allowing the Holy Spirit to really go down deep and help me heal from why I'm feeling that. Does that make sense? That's a very vulnerable place. And so uh, couple that with being a guy and we're told to just man up. Suck it up, buttercup, right? Put those feelings down. We don't cry. We don't show emotion, right? So many of our dads and different people and just men in our generation have just passed that down. It's this stigma of men. And we've never been given any permission to actually feel and to give language to our feelings. However, I'm happy to tell you that, man, I'm on a journey. How many of you guys know that your pastors are getting pastored by Jesus? Amen. And that if we don't keep growing, the church dies and stagnates. So I'm on a journey right now. For the last two years, I've said, you know what, Lord? You can actually come into this feelings box, these emotions box, and start, start doing some surgery. And uh, I've been walking with the Lord in this journey. And I'll tell you what, I've seen a lot of spiritual growth. I've seen a lot of soul growth, a lot of healing, a lot of health in areas that have not been healthy my entire life. And uh, it's like... I explained it to Eric, and I was looking back at my journals from just the last two years. It feels like my heart has come alive again. My heart was always beating physically, and my heart always loved Jesus spiritually, but my soul, the, the, the mind, the will, the emotions, the feelings was always on freeze. It was on lock. It was, no, 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 you just muscled through that, and God's now thawing that frozen heart out and beginning to do some surgery that only he can do. And it's bringing new life, and it's bringing new freedom, and it's bringing new victory in levels all across my life. And uh, here's the deal. i got a long way to go. I'm not speaking on this from the expert. I've got it figured out. I'm speaking on this, hey, we're we're together in this journey. But I want to point light and shed light on something that's been in the darkness for so many of us in our life. And say, hey, we need soul health, right? I thought (laughs) I could be, if I'm a Christian for 19 years, I've been in ministry for 14 years, I've been the lead pastor of Alive for six years and I'm dealing with this stuff, then certainly in the body of Christ, specifically at Alive, there's probably some people out there, maybe you find yourself in this category, like, I need some help in this area too. I feel like an emotional infant or a child or an adolescent. I know I need to be an adult, but I know I'm not. Help me. If you can be open to that, I believe God can meet you in the midst of your vulnerability and your transparency. And that's why we're shining our light on this. You know, you might find yourself in one of three categories this morning. The first one is, number one, you're all up in your feelings. Some of you guys are really good at feelings. I would say too good at feelings. Like you're all up in your feelings all the time. Everybody knows how you're feeling. The social media world knows how you're feeling and what you think about that and what you don't think about that. And like a lot of times you might be viewed as a hot mess. That is not healthy. Good on you that you locate your feelings, but we're going to help you rein those in in a healthy way, right? But I think a lot of us don't trend towards that. We actually trend the other direction, and there's two, two veins in that. The second group of you, you maybe, maybe you're the one that loves to try to ignore your feelings. You, you literally ignore them. You're like, feelings? What are those? I've never heard of feelings before. What do you mean? I'm good. No, no, I'm good. How are you? Good. How was work? Good. Hey, kids, how was school? Good. How was practice? Good. Good. Feelings? No, we don't do feelings. Good. Don't disturb the peace, right? 
you have stopped acknowledging or paying attention to your feelings, maybe long ago or maybe recently, because of some trauma, some hurt, some pain, some wound, some childhood experience, something that has caused you so much that you've went inward and you said, no, 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 I don't ever want to feel that again. I don't ever want to go there again. I don't remember how that made me feel, so I'm just going to bottle those up and I'm going to ignore them the rest of my life and just pray that Jesus heals it. Or maybe you're on the other end, too, where you, you just like to bury your feelings. You still have the capacity in your heart to feel for a second. You're like, Ugh! But you're like, no, get down there. And you just stuff. You've been really good at just stuffing, right? You like to sweep it under the rug. And every day you wake up, and you're like, what lump in the rug? I don't see it. And you trip over it, and you're like, oh, Jesus, heal me, right? And you just keep walking. And the thing's just piling up. And I come over to your house, I'm like, there's, a, there's, a, there's something under here. This is huge. It's like a camel hump right here. You're like, nope, what? what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. And so, again, this is not to aim at anybody. I, I'm preaching to myself this morning because I, I would fall in the category of ignoring and burying and not even knowing how to feel my feelings. And so none of these scenarios are healthy, right? And, and if we're honest, we can all grow in our understanding of what to do with our feelings and how to properly process them. And so um, we have to deal with them in a proper way, Right? And so this is the journey we're going on this morning. And so I believe God has some really good stuff for us. I believe as we take this journey, I didn't plan it this way, but it just kind of came out this way. I want to give you in the remainder of our time the three L's for your feelings. The three L's. I, I didn't plan it this way, but after I was done studying, it all started with an L. And it was like, cool, that's, that's kind of like cool, you know? The, the three L's, all right? We're not talking about three losers, all right? We're talking about the three L's, the three keys to do with your feelings. If you guys are taking notes and you're ready to go, the first place we need to start, number one, is to locate your feelings. To locate your feelings. In order to properly do anything with your feelings, you have to be able to locate them first. You have to know that they exist, and you have to know that they're there, right? You have to know where you're at with things. And this has been a heavy question for mankind ever since the very beginning of time. If we go all the way back to the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, when God set up everything, and we go to chapter 3 of Genesis, and what happened in chapter 3 is God said, don't eat of this tree, you can eat of anything else. And guess what Adam and Eve did? They ate of the tree, told them not to, right? And so they sinned, and then they got shameful, and they hid themselves, and then God asked them a question. The first question that God ever asked humanity, recorded in Scripture, let's take a look at it, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, it says, And then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Where are you? Now, most of us, and up until this month in my study, I would only focus on, on the physical location. I think a lot of our minds say, where is he hiding, right? That's what God wants to know. Where is he physically? But get this, I believe God was having a deeper question with much deeper implications because here you got, you got the three-part God, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit asking Adam, the three-part man, spirit, soul, and body, where are you? He's asking all of who he is, where are you? Physically, Adam, where are you hiding? Spiritually, what did you do, Adam, to cause you to hide? And emotionally, why are you hiding? What are you feeling right now? 
and what is causing you to hide. Because yesterday we were walking in the cool of the day and everything was good. But now something has happened in our relationship and we're distant right now. What are you feeling? He asks him, where are you? God already knew the answer to all of these questions. He's omniscient, the Bible says. That means he knows everything. He... He already knew the answer before. What is he doing? He's giving an opportunity for mankind to locate themselves and locate their emotions. What is going on? What are they feeling? Side note, men, fellas, God never intended for us to ignore stuff our feelings down. Ladies, if you've been in this boat too, God never designed us to be like, I don't know where I'm at. I just don't care. No, he always wants us to know where we're at with him and where we're at in life and where we're going. God's a God of vision. God's a God of purpose. Amen? And so where are you is a question that's been burning in mankind ever since the very beginning. Powerful stuff, right? The first recorded question in Scripture is where are you? Where are you, Adam? Where are you, Eve? What's going on in your heart and your head? And the principle of first mention is really important in the Bible. How God set things up in the original, in the garden. God's eternal plan, God's original plan for mankind, we always teach, is God's eternal plan. So God always wants us to know where we're at. But so many of us in our souls have no stinking clue where we're at or why we're at where we're at and what we need to do to get there. And we just kind of muscle through life and just hope that Jesus cleans up the poop along the way. But God's got more for us. Amen? This is a call. Where you at isn't a judgment. It's a call and a challenge to locate ourselves and know what we're feeling. Because when we know what's going on in our souls, we can see and we can know where we are and where we want to go. Amen? And so... Locating our feelings, it's a life-changing thing. And if I can go back to just kind of my personal journey here, um, for so many years, 17 years, before I ever start to really feel, it doesn't mean I've never had a feeling. It just means I've just never really focused on that. But, you know, I get married to Erica, and um, I was never really good at locating my feelings. What was I, honey? No. She's shaking her head. Like, no, you weren't. Like, early on, and even, even recently, like, oftentimes, Erica would come to me and say, hon, how you doing? How you feeling? Or, what were you thinking? Help me understand. She's so good at this. Help me understand what was going through your brain and your heart when you did that stupid thing, right? And for so many times, not that I didn't care about the conversation at all, I would stare off blank at the wall for a really long time because I literally did not have the capacity within me to even feel my feelings. I'd be like, I don't know why. I don't know. And I try to just like give some canned answer and move on. It's awkward. I'm awkward right now. Don't go into my soul. Don't, don't look into my soul right now. Don't poke with the stick there that there's a bee's nest in there. You're going to stir some stuff. Don't do that. We're just going to move on, right? I ignored or given no attention to my feelings for so long that it was just like really hard for me to locate what I was feeling. I didn't grow up really naturally sharing my feelings. And she came from a family. And the other thing is I totally know that God has a sense of humor because oftentimes in a marriage, he'll couple, he'll couple people together. One person is way better at sharing feelings than the other person. I'm getting some shakes and some elbows and stuff, right? Somebody's like me, like, uh, food. God. Basketball, right? Like, duh, right? It's like, what are you feeling inside of there? It's like, I don't know. The other person's like, oh my gosh, this is how my day was. I'm not trying to judge like what girls and guys, but you know what I'm saying? Traditionally, it leans one way or the other. And uh, that's because God's got a sense of humor and he knows how to refine us and who to pair us with to teach us. Because I've learned a lot from my bride on how to feel my feelings. 
and it's helped me come more alive and be more effective in relationships and in ministry and just my personal walk with God as I've been able to awaken and begin to feel my feelings. Someone say, feel my feelings. You got to be able to feel your feelings, right? And the psalmist David, he was really, really good at this. Really good at this, right? So David, he's this warrior king, but he's also this psalmist and this songwriter, right? Most of the psalms that we have recorded in the Bible were written by David. And if you know anything about the psalms, David was a really moody dude in the psalms. He had some days. He had some moments, right? Some highs and some lows. Some God's amazing and what the heck is going on up there, Lord, right? He was just raw and real in his songs to the Lord. And so you get a glimpse into his feelings. He was, he was good at locating where he was. He called it what it was. I want to look at the first part of Psalm 42, verse 11. This is David. He's saying, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? What's going on here in the first part of Psalm 42, verse 11? David locates his feelings. Why are you bumming, soul? Why are you downcast? Why are you in the dumps, soul? The first step to emotional health for any of us is simply to be able to feel our feelings, to locate them. Once you do that, that opens the door for us to then learn something about what's going on in our soul, in our emotions. That leads me to the second L that we're talking about this morning. Number two is learn from your feelings. Ever say learn. Learn from your feelings. Emotions and feelings are indicators. They're indicators, all right? Emotions are God-given feelings that help us know that something else is going on. They're indicators, all right? Feelings are God's signals that let us often know that it's time to pull over and check things out, right? God designed your emotions to be gauges, but not to drive you, right? You're spo- they're supposed to be gauges, not guides. They're meant to report to you, but not control your life. When we allow our emotions and our feelings to control our life, that's not how God intended for them to go. He wants them to be gauges, indicator lights, right? I think the, the best illustration that a lot of us would connect with this as adults is on our car, ga- our, on our car dashboard. When that check engine light comes on, our spirit man says, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. And our body says, I'm going to keep on driving, right? But our soul's like, oh, what's going to happen? How much is this going to cost? What's going on, right? It's an indicator light that there's probably something else going on underneath the hood that we can't see with our natural senses, right? When your gas gauge says, bing, 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 oh, you've got 45 miles until you are on E, right? It's a gauge. It's an indicator letting you know, hey, something else is going on. You might want to attend to that, right? And so we also know that the amount of damage and the cost of the repair is directly related to how quickly we address the indicated light. Amen? Because how many y'all know? We have a choice when that light goes on. We can keep on driving and ignore it. I don't care. It looks pretty. I like how it's lighting up all red. That's kind of cool. It's Christmas time, right? I put a little green over here on the radio and, oh, yeah, that's good. We're just going to keep driving, see what happens, right? Or we're going to take it in and have them hook it up and say, yeah, you're going to need a, something that costs way too much. Thank you. And we'll throw in some extra repairs that aren't necessary, right? Merry Christmas. No, I'm just kidding. Not every mechanic's like that. Praise God. Got some good ones here at Alive. They're indicator lights. They're indicators. They're signals, right? We 
must not delay in addressing those signals. We must not ignore the signals, the feelings, the emotions that God is bringing and allowing us to feel because in that we can learn from them. There's something much deeper always, oftentimes, going on in our hearts, in our souls. There's a triggering that's happening when we're feeling fear about something, it's connected to something. When we're feeling sadness about something, it's connected to something deeper. When we're feeling gladness and happiness, it's connected to something deeper. But if we just go surface level and try to motor through our feelings, we're going to miss out on the fullness and the blessing of life that God created and intended for us. And we're going to miss the learning opportunities that we have to get healing in places of our soul that only God can heal. But if we don't even know their issues and we don't know that he's the master mechanic, how are we ever going to get them fixed? Does that make sense? So examples, Adam, how did he respond to God's question in Genesis 3? In Genesis 3.10, he said, so he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Adam, the first man, was not afraid to voice his emotions and his feelings. Principle of first mention. God said, where are you, bro? And he says, I was afraid. He didn't say, I was behind a bush first. No, he didn't, look, he didn't even speak to the physical location in the garden. He spoke to the emotional location in his soul. He said, I'm afraid. He said, there's a gauge of fear going off right now, God, because you told us not to eat of that tree, and guess what we did? We did, and now we know that we're naked, and this is kind of awkward because we've never really felt this, and he's feeling guilt, and he's feeling shame, and he's all up in his feelings, and it's separating him from God. It's affecting his relationship with his heavenly Father. Our emotions, undealt with, unchecked with, affect our relationship with God. That's why we can't be spiritually mature and emotionally immature. We can sure try. We can sure know a lot of Bible verses. We can sure speak a lot of faith confessions. But if our soul has not been redeemed and renewed and healed, we'll never be who all who God has created us to be. That's why it's so important to do the hard work. Because the hard work is often the heart work. We see David learning the same lesson here in Psalm 42 that we just looked at. He's like, yo, I'm in the dumps. My soul's down. I'm bumming. I'm not in a good place right now, Lord. David saw his indicator lights flashing, right? He learned about his feelings, and we'll see in a moment what he did. And so it's important for us to learn from our feelings. A lot of us get afraid of our feelings, and we run from them. But no, no, we need to learn how to embrace them and be like, okay, what's going on here underneath the surface? If I pop the hood What is going on? Why am I feeling that way? What is causing that feeling or emotion? And oftentimes as we let the Holy Spirit into that space, he can begin to locate where the root of that is. Because if we can figure out what the root of it is, we can allow God to heal the root. If God heals the root, it no longer has any place in our life. If it no longer has any place in our life, we're no longer affected by it. If we're no longer affected by that, we are healed from it. And if we are healed from it, we can now run our race with endurance and not be held back by a past trauma, past pain, past hurt, childhood memories, abuse, whatever you've experienced in our broken, fallen world. We live on an earth with a curse. It's not the funnest at times. But God knew that, and he sent his son, Jesus, to help heal us and go into those spaces of our but we got to know where it is and what it's teaching us. Amen. So that's number one. Number two, right? Those feelings are indicators. It's going to often help us ask the follow-up question. Why am I feeling this? And we're going to talk a lot about this in week four, not next week. Eric's got a great message next week. I'm going to finish it up and talk about a lot of the deeper stuff that we don't have time to talk about today. The wounds from our past, the, the trauma, the 
the childhood memories that scar us, the, the different things that have happened to us that have caused these triggers emotionally for us to lash out and act in ways that are never how God intended us. Why, why do we do that? Because we got to let him in. we got to heal from that. And so I really encourage you guys to keep, keep with us this series because we're kind of building one week upon another. Um, but how many of you guys know you can locate your feelings and you can learn from them, but God don't want you to stay in them because that's a dangerous place. Don't stay in your feelings because you're going to get all up in your feelings and you're going to make some dumb decisions. You're going to say some stupid things. You're going to bring some hurt because hurt people hurt people, right? And so we need to know what to do with our feelings when we locate them and when we start to learn from them and know there's something there. And that leads me to my third and last L, which is this. Lean into the Lord with your feelings. Lean into the Lord with your feelings. Basically, give your feelings to God. Let him know. We see David do this in Psalm 42, 11, which we just read. The second part of it, though. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Check this out. He says, hope in God. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. I love how the message translation says it. It says, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? He says, fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He is my God. What are we supposed to do with our feelings and our emotions? We're supposed to locate them. We're supposed to feel our feelings and learn from them and know the indicator lights, but we're supposed to give them to God. Because we were not meant to hold on to a lot of that for a long period of time. It's a tool to help draw us closer to God because he's the only one that can heal us. We're singing that second song today and that lyric hit me like so deep. You're the Lord of my soul. A lot of us, the Jesus is the Lord of our life. He's the Lord of our spirit. But has he become the Lord of your soul yet? Has he been allowed to have the keys to the room that houses your mind, your will, your emotions, your feelings, your intellect? Or do you keep that separate from him and we only do the church thing and pretend like everything's good on the outside, even though it's like inside out going crazy in that movie on the inside and we don't know what to do with it. We just let it happen, right? David located his felt and felt his feelings. He learned about them and then he gave them to God. David didn't run away from God. He didn't ignore them. He, he called them what it was and he said, God, I'm going to give these to you. And so we can get in trouble, just side note, we can get in trouble when we allow our feelings to lead our life. For those of you guys that have taken Basics 101, you'll, you'll probably recognize this. Do we, do we have a train diagram that you can put up there real quick? Yeah, awesome. This might seem really kiddish, um, but it's not showing, but I can see it. So um, that's fine. Go, go to the next slide. That's fine. That's cool. Um, you guys can't see that? Wow. All right. Awesome. Praise God. All right, so there's like a picture. If you all turn around, everybody turn around and look up there. You all didn't know that. This is awesome. And online, I'm just sorry. Just we're supposed to have two copies for you. So here's the train. It's really squished because that's a small screen. Engine car is God's word. The, the thing that should drive our life is God's word. Amen? The middle cart is faith. Faith is what we put in God's word, and our feelings is the caboose. Our feelings are supposed to follow God's word and our faith in God's word. But what happens a lot of times, even in Christians is we let the caboose, the feelings, become the engine card in our life. 
Oh, my gosh, here we go. We start making decisions. We start going down that track. Chugga, 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 right? We're a hot mess, and we're making decisions as a hot mess. And we're saying, word of God, justify this decision of why I spent all my money on this, right? Word of God, justify while I'm doing this with my girlfriend, but I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. Word of God, I'm, I, I'm letting my feelings and my, uh, my body drive my life, and I'm trying to get everything else to justify it. And we make our own theology, and we make our own God. But there's only one G-O-D. There's only one word of God. He's already spoken that, amen? So that's where we can get in trouble. So we can't let the feelings become the driving cart in our life. We have to get it in order. That's why we look to God's word. What does God's word say? We put our faith and our trust in that. Like David said, Lord, I look to you. I trust in you, my God. And we let it say, feelings, you're going to follow that, amen? And so why can we do this? I want to wrap this up for you guys. We can do this because God is really good at dealing with his feelings. And we're created in his image. You see, Jesus was able to process his feelings in a really healthy way. Get this, Jesus, perfect without any sin. So if feelings and emotions were from the devil, then Jesus would have never dealt with them, correct? But did Jesus deal with feelings and emotions? 100%. So they're God-given right? They're God-given tools and indicators, right? Jesus had all sorts of emotions and feelings, all sorts of emotions and feelings in the Gospels, right? He marveled when people had faith, right? We see this in Scripture. He got angry and flipped over tables when people misused God's house, right? He grieved and cried with loved ones who lost family members, right? He had compassion on those that were sick, and those that were hurting. And he loved us deeply enough to lay down his life for us. He dealt with his feelings and his emotions. You see, Jesus knew how to process his feelings and emotions. And I think the time where it's been painted and burned in my heart, in my head, so vividly that many of you guys are familiar with this instance in scripture was on the night right before Jesus went to the cross. You guys know this story. And if you don't, lean into this. Jesus is about to be crucified and died for the humanity and for the sin of the world. He knows this. And he's in the garden and he's praying fervently, fiercely, passionately, all up in his feelings because he knows what's about to happen to his body. The Bible, and as you study deeper, theologians say he was actually like sweating blood. I don't know if we've ever felt so intensely, but I know Erica talked about last week, feelings affect our physical senses, our body, right? So oftentimes you'll tense up in areas when you're feeling emotion or stress or anxiety and, and it'll affect your physical body. Jesus was in his feelings. He's sweating blood. And he's, he's coming to God and he's saying, is there any way that I could like do this a different way? <laughs> is there an easy button? There's got to be an app I could download and just saves humanity, right? Like, and he knows the answer to this question. But I noticed, I noticed this. Jesus doesn't take out his feelings on other people. It doesn't affect his other relations, right? He doesn't shut down his emotions and, and quote a scripture. He feels them. He processes them. He learns from them and he starts bringing them to God to the Father in the garden. He brings his emotions and he brings his feelings to the Father in heaven, the only one built 
to carry and handle truly our feelings and our emotions. He says, this is what I'm feeling, God. And this is why I'm feeling it. If there's any other way, let this cup pass for me. And this is where we see this famous verse in Luke chapter 22, verse 42. He says, Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Amen. So guys, Jesus has been there before. He's been in those deep, dark places. He's been in those places of anguish and intense pressure and pain and sorrow and grief and anger and rage. He's felt all of them. Yet he controlled himself. And if we put our faith and trust in him and we invite him to be a part of our life and we say, God, here are my feelings and here's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling my feelings and I know there's something going on here. We give it to him. He's the one that can help steward those the best. He can help us the best. You know, Jesus is the safest place for you to process your feelings and emotions. Amen. Jesus is the safest place. He brings true rest and true peace with your feelings. I just want to leave you with this scripture. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Jesus says, come to me. Son, daughter, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. And check this out. He says, you will find rest for your, you will find rest for your, you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Man, Jesus is a safe place to process our feelings and our emotions. And we, first off, I just have to let them in. We got to get good at locating this. And some of you guys, I don't have time to, gosh, we could have a whole nother week on, like, how do I process this? But like, oftentimes, we set aside some time in our weekly flow, Eric and I, to just journal into like, what are we feeling? So sometimes you got to like see that, you got to just be like, I'm upset about this thing happening at work and I'm stressed about this thing going on in my marriage. And you, you got to like see it to locate it to even know what to bring to God, right? So you got to got to slow down. And Erica's going to talk a lot about how do, how do you slow down and give God some room to just like do his thing in your life next week. But you got to slow down and process that. Oftentimes in conversation with God, we call that prayer. Amen. Just, Father, here's what I'm going through. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I know that's going on. Here's what I have no clue about. Like, Holy Spirit, help me. The Bible says the Holy Spirit's the great counselor. Amen? You've got a built-in counselor, and he never charges you a whacked-out bill for it. Now, there's nothing wrong with earthly counselors, and we're going to talk about that week four and all that stuff, because there's some health. There's there's wisdom and safety in a multitude of counselors, the Bible says in Proverbs. So there's some people that you might need to get in your circle to help dig out some of the the junk and that are trained to get in there quickly and, and knife through that stuff and help you locate it, right? So there's nothing wrong with that. But we serve a God who's known as the mighty counselor and the Holy Spirit who is the counselor. But we got to let him in. And so spending some time and always going to God's word too, again, that train. If we stay all up in our feelings and we apply the message today, but we stay stuck in the caboose, all of a sudden that caboose is going to want to try to drive us. So we gotta, we got to dump, we got to offload that load onto the Lord and allow him to help us process it. Amen. And I believe through all of this, guys, as you locate for some of you, you just need to be like, you know what? I need to get better at locating my feelings. So I need to start there. Lord, how do I do that? Lord, help me, right? I think a lot of us could agree with that. We invite God in to do that. We're going to ask him to do that in a second. For some of us, we know what we're feeling, but we don't know how to learn from it. We don't know how to process it. We don't know how to 
what, what to do with it properly. Maybe that's our area of growth there. It's like, you know what? Why am I feeling that? Have you ever asked why you feel that? Or why do you respond to your wife every time she says this? You flip out and say this in this tone. What, what, what is triggering that? Honestly, you don't hate her. You love her. You married her. There's something that happened to you as a kid. There's something that your dad always said. There's something that's going on at work that she doesn't know. There's something there beneath the surface that is triggering a response that is not honoring or godly. And if it stays in our life, it will, it will mess up our relationships. It will mess up our, we'll pass the, we'll, we'll take all the broken scripts that the enemy gave to us and we'll just keep writing those and giving those generation to generation. Or it could stop with us and say, as for me and my house, we ain't going to deal with this anymore. As for my lineage and my name, our name, our family name, we're going to, we're going to get healthy in our souls. Amen. We're going to be open about this. I believe God can do miracles in the midst of this when we simply bring it to him. Amen. But we need his help, right? And so let's go to God in prayer as we close this morning. Just be sensitive with the Holy Spirit saying to us, Father, we love you so much. And we just thank you for your plan and your purpose for us. Lord, I'm so encouraged and so challenged at the same time that you love us so much that you want us to be healthy spirit, soul, and body. You want us to be healthy spirit, soul, and body. And, and Father God, we, we invite you into our souls right now, our mind, our will, our emotions, our feelings right now. And we ask you, Lord God, to help us become better at locating what are we feeling on a weekly, daily basis. Help us slow down to even process properly what's going on in our souls Father God, I thank you that you are the one that leads us and guides us into all truth. And so help us learn from our feelings. Help us not only locate them, but learn what are the engine lights going off in our soul right now? Where, what needs the most attention? Which light could cost the most if we don't do anything to pull over and address it? And Father, help us have courage to walk into that space hand in hand with you, Holy Spirit, and say, what is that? And even if I don't like that, or even if I don't want to go there, Lord, that we can be brave and have courage to go there because if you can locate it, and Father, if we allow you to touch it, you can heal it and restore it and redeem it and make it like you. And lastly, Father, may you be the Lord of our souls. May we bring everything that we're dealing with to you as we lean into God with our feelings. It's the best place we could lean. And so, Father God, I thank you that you're not intimidated by our feelings. You're not disgusted by our feelings. You're not afraid of all the things that we're feeling. You felt them all. And yet you know how to control your emotions. And you know how to lead us into that safe, good headspace, Father God, in our lives. So that we can worship you, spirit, soul, and body. We can wholly worship you and do it in the fullest measure, Father God. We thank you for rivers of health and healing and wholeness in our souls as we make this a priority in this season of our life, as we allow you to come in, Father God. We thank you for your mighty hand that's at work in our souls and in our feelings and in our emotions, Father. We receive health, healing, wholeness in this space and courage to take the journey with you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed, said, amen.